today so happy that every one of you made it hope you had a great time celebrating with loved ones and right now at this time we're going to take a few needs here before the lord sister vernice smith mildred maxwell joey renfro ellen richardson and of course all the names that are on the overhead as well in ecclesiastes 4:12, it says if one prevail against him Two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. What that means in Ecclesiastes is whenever we bind together, whenever broken families, whenever unmended hearts, whenever broken minds come together in the house of the Lord, it makes it as a threefold cord, which is not quickly broken. Meaning it doesn't matter if you have a family still on this earth. It doesn't matter if your father and your mother are already gone. It doesn't matter if your son's lost right now. It doesn't matter if your daughter's lost right now. Because whenever we come together in the house of the Lord, we are forming a threefold cord. We are unifying together as one mind, one body under Jesus Christ. And when that happens, things change. Situations change. The prodigals have to come back. The demons have to run. And, and I don't mean that to get you excited for church. I don't mean that just to get you excited because I'm saying that. But you see over here we have a, a lot of the Meyer family. A lot of different last names that I can't remember all right now. But if you look across each one of the families. Every single one of them have been through heartbreak. 
Every single one of them have been through a traumatic experience. Every single one of them have gotten off the beaten trail a little bit. But God's faithfulness and God's design and God's plan and God's vision never faltered. It never failed. And so what He can do for my family, He can do for us as a church family. And so if you have any need here today, or if you'd like to step out in faith for one of these names, I urge you to, and we'll open up this front, and our ministers will anoint you and pray with you. Jesus, God, you said, your word says a threefold cord is not easily broken. So God, let us humble ourselves before you, God. Let us unify ourselves in front of you, Jesus. Coming before you with praise, with worship, with brokenness, with tenderness. God, and we ask that your will would be done in our lives. Your will would be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Lord, thank you for everything you're doing in our lives. In your great name we pray. Amen.
Let's take a moment to tarry in this spirit. Let's just rejoice the Lord right now. Praise however you'd like to. Let's just accept this spirit for a few moments and let's accept it and tarry here. constraint we're on no time schedule when the spirit of the Lord moves we react when the spirit of the Lord here we simply accept and we follow that flow like an open river and we just let it flow through us openly and acceptingly and I love my church for that because I was taught that way by each and every one of you and I'm grateful for the body of Christ that I was developed in and molded by and I'm so grateful for this church I love all of you we have a few announcements we're going to make real quick. A few December events that are going on. The third is Reverend Tim and Adina Pedigo will be preaching and singing that AM service. You're not going to want to miss that. And then the PM service is a church Christmas party in the Family Life Center. So sign up sheet for that is in the foyer. Wednesday is the last day to sign up, so make sure to get signed up for that. The 10th is Reverend Jonathan and Melissa Hudson will be ministering in both services that Sunday as well, so you're not going to want to miss that. The 11th Ladies United Fellowship and one of my very favorite sister Cynthia Brown will be speaking at that Family Life Center, so ladies, do not miss that. It's going to be wonderful. The 14th is Mommy and Me Cookie Play Dates. And so uh, don't have a lot of information on that myself, but um, bring your favorite cookies and drinks to share kids and mommies will play and fellowship in the foyer 
So sign-up sheet for that is in the foyer. And then on the 17th is Christmas Sunday, Christmas Sunday. And then also the 17th that night will be Youth Sunday. So boom, double whammy that Sunday. And then the 30th will be our mission pledge deadline. So make sure to get that turned in if you have not already. And at this time, could we have the ushers please come to take the tithe and offering? God, thank you for your showing of your spirit this morning, Lord. Jesus, we thank you, God, for it's very evidently that you are here in this house today, wanting to touch someone today, wanting to minister to someone today, wanting to reach for someone today. Lord, I pray that you would bless all the men that are coming to deliver their heart to us, God, whatever is on their heart, Lord, I pray that you would touch them. And let your spirit flow through them openly, God. I pray that you would bless this tithe and this offering right now. Bless each and every one of us here today and all those that are not able to come. Bless this nation. Bless this world. In your great name. Amen. So
is in place as you're seated. The King of Kings, the Prince and the power of everything in that name of Jesus Christ. The glory of the church, the body of Christ is rising to declare the name that is above all names to declare the wisdom of life and the freedom that lives within the parameters of kingdom living. And today we celebrate the fact he's not dead. He is in the house and he's been watching you the Bible said his eyes have been roving to and fro over the face of Lamar County, of all of the USA, looking for a place to show himself strong. He said, I'm a jealous God. I want to be your God. I want to be your deliverer. I want to be your superior power. I want to be the education of your life. I want to be the partner with you forever. What a God. We are thrilled today to be able to pray for special prayer. And uh, Heather's mom and uh, Cindy Nunez had uh, been diagnosed with a massive heart attack. And so we want to honor Sister Heather's family and this request so if you would call on the name of the Lord right now for Cindy Nunez with this heart condition that's happening right now Father we praise you for your abundant mercy we praise you for your abundant healing process and we further praise you because you can work a miracle and we're asking for that today. By the blood of the Lamb, by the Word of God, and by the faith of men and women that have gathered in this house to declare the glory of that God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first of all, I'd like for my, all of my family, if you claim any kin at all to my wife and I, we want you to stand.
And I wish you could have been here to see the rest of the older ones. And the younger ones at the family center. And I could not help but over and again thank God for a church family that has provided for not only our family but our city a place together for funerals, for banquets, and for many memorials that take place. You have done a great deed. I'd like for Brother Paul Webb works in Kansas City to help reach into his city. And if you remember, some of you probably were here last year. I think he shared some moments with us. But if you'd come on up, Brother Paul, and share some thoughts with us concerning reaching our city and the passion that he has and the purpose for which he lives. And I've asked him to share with us for the next 15, 25 minutes whatever could help us to bring our hearts together to assimilate and to put together thought patterns that will truly arrest the devil and all of his little imps and set free the minds, the hearts of married, young married couples, of others. Am I seeing a Lawrence back there all of a sudden? Brother Daniel, I hate to interrupt this, but I don't want to forget you. Would you stand? One of our young ministers. Great to have Brother Daniel Lawrence here. God bless you, man. Thank you for being here. And uh, we are thrilled today to renew our passion, our purpose with this young man. And then in a, they'll sing a song and then we're going to have Brother Caleb Adams who was here with us in our youth mission for a long while and his family has uh, grown up here and he is uh, one of the leaders in the Arkansas district now helping to raise up great achievements in that and I won't be saying any more about all of this and so I'm trying to cover it all now for time's sake but I want these men to share their hearts, their passion and their purpose with us and I want you to know you're having the opportunity to minister to people that are some of the greatest Amen, praise the Lord let me tell you Pentecostals of Parish, you are absolutely blessed with my Uncle Bob and Aunt Don. Amen. Wow. Amen. It's such an honor to be here with y'all this morning. I give honor to my Uncle Bob, Pastor Meyer. Uh, I have such an admiration for him and his family. His walk with God is one that we can all follow. Amen. You're certainly blessed with a pastor that loves God and loves people. And I will say that he knows how to have fun. I have some precious memories of just being in the room and him laughing and people laughing just by being in Uncle Bob's presence. It's just, we have such a good time with them. And yes, we had a big group yesterday. I believe we had about 82 people. 
the descendants of Hewlin and Martha Meyer. And I, I'm sorry, but I, I do take pride in that. Uh, Holy Ghost pride, amen. I love the Meyer family, amen. But it has been so refreshing for me and my little family of five. Would my other four stand up, please? I want to acknowledge them. Kim, Megan, Zach, and Austin, amen. Amen. I love them dearly. I love all of my family. Uh, but being with Uncle Bob, you know, yesterday, just a couple of times of him talking, you could just... He loves people. He loves God. And it just flows from his eyes. I'm talking about tears, the love he has for people. And I want that in my life. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the most powerful portions of Scripture is found in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And I'm going to read it real quickly. And I won't take but about 20 minutes. Uh, if you're all there, say amen. Amen. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law, how readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Verse 29, But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Look at your neighbor and say, Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Everyone say other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an end, took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves. Which one was the neighbor? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Amen. So real quick, I'm going to talk about the gospel and our lives. The gospel and our lives. I feel I have a word for someone that is really looking to make an impact in the kingdom of God. Someone who wants to do exactly what God wants you to do. How many want to be world changers? Amen. We want to do something great for God. Amen. According to the word of the Lord, we know that we are to share the gospel with others. Amen? Matthew 28, 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things and whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. The New Living Translation says it like this, Go and make disciples. Say, make disciples. Make disciples of all nations. If we are not careful, the great commission can become the great omission. 
God's method of expanding his kingdom on this earth is through the lives of humanity. Amen? God wants to use you to share the gospel in your community. If you're from Paris, God wants to use you. If you live here in Paris, God wants to use you in Paris. If you're from Okima, God wants to use you in Okima. Jason, amen. If you're from Shreveport, if you're from Kansas City, God wants to use you in your community, amen. Praise God. We thank God for our pastors. We thank God for Pastor Meyer, but Pastor Meyer can't touch every single person, every kitchen table in the town of Paris, Texas, amen. It's got to be all of us coming together as one, amen. You have been called, you've been, you've been anointed, you've been appointed to make disciples. So what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who is a learner. That's what the Bible says. It's a learner. He's a student. It's someone that, they, they, they could be any age. They could be in elementary school. They could be in middle school. They could be in high school, college. They can be in what we used to call college and career class. I don't know what, the, I guess they call it hyphen now, you know, they could be in here on Sunday, Sunday morning uh, with the older generation with us. Amen. Disciples could be any age, right? Well, here's the good news. If you can make a friend, then you can make a disciple. I'm telling you, if you can make a friend, you can make a disciple. So how many of you have a friend in this room? There's about four of us. Amen. What's wrong with the rest of you? He that hath friends must show himself friendly, is what the Bible says. <laughs> Amen. Let me ask you this. Has there been anyone in this room that has made a new friend this past week? A new friend, new acquaintance. What about this last month? Any new friends been made? Any, this last year, any new friends? Come on, we have opportunities every day to meet somebody new. Well, here's the deal. While talking with them, you will most likely hear a major need in their life. And that's the perfect opportunity to minister to someone. Amen. This has got a hold of me. Now, in a minute, I'm going to share a personal illustration. Please do not think that I'm putting myself up. I'm only explaining and trying to tell of what God has revealed to me. Amen. Because if God did it for me, he can do it for you. Amen. It's a testimony. So here's the deal. On Thanksgiving, I asked a question to some people in public, strangers, that I did not know, that I met. My next question was, what are you thankful for? I wanted to hear a stranger's answer. Well, what stuck out that day was one lady. She said, she paused and she said, that's a really good question. This is coming from a stranger asking her, right? She said, I'm not sure right now. My dad just passed away. While she was still grieving the loss of her brother. And then her eyes, after she finished her sentence, her answer, her eyes just filled with tears and her voice started quivering. Just that simple question, what are you thankful for? And it caused her to think. I'm telling you, Jesus wants us to think, right? We can sit on our couch, we can sit in our recliner, on the edge of our bed, stop the busyness of life and talk to God. God will talk to you and he will cause you to start thinking, Amen. There are people all around us that are hurting and that are suffering and that are just barely surviving. These are crazy times, church. Amen? People are either going into a storm, they're in the midst of a storm, or they're coming out of a storm. And there is someone here today that is in one of those storms. 
I heard the story of a little boy who was frightened one night during a big thunderstorm and terrified. He called out from his room, Daddy, I'm scared. His father, not wanting to get up out of bed, called back, Don't worry, son. Jesus loves you, and he will take care of you. There was a few seconds of silence, and soon the little sound of little feet hitting the floor, running to his parents' room, jumping on the bed, flying through the air and landing right between them and exclaimed, I know Jesus loves me, but right now I need somebody with skin on. <laughs> Amen. You ever felt like that? You just want somebody with skin on? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Everyone in this room is a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are here on purpose because you want to learn, because you want to grow, because you want to develop into the person that God created you to be. Amen? We're not just in here going through the motions. We're in here because we want to grow and develop and become that person God wants us to be. We want to soak in everything that Pastor Meyer is teaching to us on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Look at your neighbor right now and give him a high five. Tell him, you are a disciple. Amen. Now here's the growth path of a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's pretty simple. Here's the growth plan, the path. Number one, you listen to the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. You listen to it. Number two, you receive this message. You obey it. You obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number three, you deliver the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a responsibility that comes with being born again. Amen. We're talking about the good news. Let me hear you say good news. Disciples understand that God created humanity and that he can repair humanity. God breathed air into humanity and he can repair humanity. If you're here today and you need to be repaired, God wants to do that today. If you're here today and you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you can do that today. If you have not been filled with his spirit, God wants to fill you with his spirit today. Amen? God wants to use all of us to share this good news. He wants to use us. So here's the big question. How does God want to use you? How does God want to use you? I made up my mind. I do not want to go to heaven without knowing that I'm responsible for someone else making it to heaven. I want to take somebody with me, amen? I will share with you that God wants to use you on Sunday. Thank God for the musicians and singers. Kylie and Callan and Sterling, man, they got it. This music is awesome, is it not? Let's give them a hand right now. Y'all are blessed with some of the best right here in Paris, Texas. Amen. God wants to use us on Sunday. But more importantly, he wants to use us Monday through Saturday because the gospel works every single day of the week. God wants to use you and me to witness in our community. Let me hear you say witness. I have such an admiration for the church of the living God. I grew up in the church. I have been part of amazing churches. The church has done so much for me. I would die for the church. I would die for the church. 
We are to take care of the church, the body of Christ. I owe the church so much. When I was growing up, I could not wait to read the next Louisiana Challenger or the Pentecostal Herald because I wanted to see how many people was at the church and how much who was the leading church, the top giving church. When I heard about the UPCI headquarters, all I pictured was the White House. I'm telling you, that's I love the church. I still love the church. I love it. And that's how it should be. Amen? It's the body of Christ. We are to take care of the body of Christ. I'm thankful for all of our beautiful churches. There's amazing campuses all over the United States, around the world. We have the most amazing and talented singers and musicians in our church, in the United Pentecostal Church. Amen. Uh, we have the most amazing pastors, preachers, and teachers. Would you agree with me about that? I'm telling you, every Sunday it's like, wow, I've been in the church 50 years and I never heard it like that, right? Amen. God, we love our church. But, y'all knew that was coming. But, I agree with Brother T.F. Tenney. Now, you may not know who I am, but I'm sure you know who Brother T.F. Tenney is. He said, if we love our church more than we love our community, then something is wrong with us. If we love our church more than we love our community, then something is wrong with us. Because God does not want anyone destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone in our communities to repent. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the earth, and in Paris, Texas. He wants us to be a witness. We shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon us. Is there anybody here that's spirit-filled? Come on, is there anybody here that's been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost? Come on, anybody been filled with the Spirit of God? Look at this. Look at this army right here in this room. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So Jesus, he gives us an assignment to share this gospel and gives us this power, the strength to accomplish this. Now here is a, a portion of scripture that changed my life. You may want to highlight this one in your Bible or on your Bible, if you have your phone app, whatever. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, but we were gentle among you. This is Paul. We were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children, so being affectionately desirous of you. We were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but our souls, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. Not only the gospel of God, but also our own souls because you were dear unto us. The New Living Translation says it like this. We loved you so much that we share with you not only God's good news, but our lives also. I didn't just tell you about 
God and carry on with my life. I wanted to take time and spend time with you to become your friend. This has changed the way that I think about the gospel. Yes, we must share the gospel, but we must become a friend to sinners. We've got to become a friend to sinners. We've got to get this gospel message out into the world. Think about it. God came into this world, manifested in flesh as Jesus Christ. Spent three and a half years with 12 men. Eleven of them changed the world. After he left, the disciples picked up another one. They were not only influenced by the gospel, but by the life of Jesus Christ also. Listen, Jesus had a church of 12, and one fell away. We're not perfect. Jesus did the best he could, but he's not going to force anybody to do what he wants them to do. Listen, we're not perfect. Full transparency. I packed my clothes to come to Paris, Texas. I'm wearing my white athletic socks. Because I failed to get my dress socks. We're not perfect. And I'm going to be honest, you're not perfect either. Don't that feel good? We're not perfect. I've already come to that conclusion. I'm just going to move on with life. Amen? So I don't know why, where my socks ended up. I don't know if it was lack of preparation on my part or if it was an unexpected uh, situation that arose. So I don't know where they disappeared to, but I'm sure it was me on the lack of pre preparation. But listen, the disciples were not only influenced by the gospel. They were also influenced by the life of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul says, we're not only to share the gospel with you, but we shared our lives with you. We shared our lives with you. You want to make an impact in someone's life? You spend time with them. Just think about this. A mother spends time with her newborn. We just read it in the scripture. That newborn doesn't know anything. But probably one of the first things it learns, it develops a love for its mother. It develops a trust in its mother. That mother can soothe that baby, right? It feels safe in the arms of its mother. This is the way that we're supposed to disciple others. Amen? One of our most important disciples, church, is our children. We must do what we can to see them saved. I want to see my children saved. More than anything, more than the next promotion at job, take my job. I want to see my children saved. More than my next truck, I want to see my children saved. Amen. I'm not going to give up on what I believe in the Bible because they may go in opposite direction. I'm not going to believe another way because I want to see them happy. No, I'm going to stay the way and I'm going to pray them back in the way. Amen. I remember David Bernard, and this made me feel so good. Everybody know David Bernard? The greatest. Amen. We're so thankful to have him in our lives. Brother David Bernard said he missed church one weekend. 
because one of his children needed an intervention in a situation that they were facing. And that child needed to spend personal time with his parents because he wanted to see his family saved. Everyone say time. Say time. Time is important. I heard Charles Mahaney say this, that Denver Stanford had men in the church stay with him for four consecutive days. Once Charles Mahaney got in the church, he had men from the church stay with him for four days to make sure that he stayed sober. Anybody remember Charlie Mahaney? They not only shared the gospel, but they shared their lives with Charles Mahaney. They knew the gospel could change his life, but he needed some more help. This church and many others have grown. This church and many others have grown because it started with one person. It was someone who had a passion to see others saved and become all that God has for them. That one person with passion, we've got to have this passion in our lives. We should have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than ourselves. We can't look at Look out for our own interests, but we should take an interest in others too. We must lay down our lives for others, just like Jesus did. 1 John 3.16 said, Hereby perceive we the love of God, that Christ laid down his life for us, that we should lay down our life for others. We should lay down the things that interest us and help somebody. It may involve giving up a hunting or a fishing trip one weekend. It may involve not doing your Netflix binge one day. You may, you're going to have to give up some of your time to spend with someone and take them to Jesus. Let me tell you about Mark. I'm closing. Mark, he came to church on a Sunday morning. This was back in 2018. Sunglasses, heartbroken, he had lost everything. Mark was a skilled carpenter. All of his tools had been stolen. His life was a wreck. He walked into church. I knew he was coming because I knew his sister. She was a new convert. Mark came to church, and he just sat there with sunglasses on top of his head, just totally out of place. Never been in a situation or an environment like he was in, right? You've seen people come in like that. The altar call came and everyone was invited to the front and he was personally invited by somebody and they took him to the front and to the altar. He stood as a multitude gathered around him to pray. We've all been there. Got a new person at the front. We want to be a part of what God's fixing to do. Uh, his eyes were just wide open, just standing there, sunglasses on top of his head. Now everybody else's head was bowed around him and Eyes were closed, but tears just began streaming down his face. He was broken. I, he didn't know what to, to do, didn't know what to say. This was totally new territory for him. He was a stranger in a new place. Let me say, this altar is so familiar for us, amen? But to people in the world, they have no idea how special this place is right up here. Let me say, every time a message concludes... In this sanctuary, do not ever pass up the opportunity to come spend time with God and speak to Him. And more importantly, let Him speak to you. My family and, 
and I went to lunch with Mark and his sister after church that day. Now, we had just met him at church as we talked, sitting at McAllister's. Uh, my sister Amber was there. She's not here this morning, is she? Amber was in town for the weekend, so she got to experience this with us. But as we talked, God began speaking to me about spending time with Mark and trying to add, add value in his life and offer him hope. Besides just being another Sunday, I met a stranger at church, prayed for him at the altar, I went and did my thing. He goes and does, does his thing, and the next Sunday I wonder where he's at. Well, he's not back. Well, Matt, probably somebody didn't check on him, right? We can't depend on Pastor Meyer to check on Mark. So the Lord was speaking to me that day as we sat there and talked with Mark and just listened. We wasn't preaching to him. Now, here's the thing. I had promised my wife some, some steps for our deck uh, in our backyard for my son's birthday party that was taking place the next day. I was quickly running out of time. The more we sat there at that restaurant visiting, the time, the clock was ticking, right? And I'm thinking... Lowe's is fixing to close, and I got to go buy some material. I don't even know how to cut stairs. I'm going to be in a bind. So uh, it hit me. God just brought Mark into my life. Mark was a skilled carpenter. You see the picture. So I offered the job to him. We agreed on the price. He spent the rest of the day with me. Now, I had alternative goals. I did. I wanted to fix my, my deck, but more importantly, I just wanted to get in his life. As we pulled up in the parking lot of Lowe's that day, we'd already been home, just hung out a few hours. We're going to Lowe's to get the material. We pulled up in the parking lot. Now Mark is totally just open to me. And he began pouring his heart out to me. Pulled up in the parking lot, two grown men. Mark is bigger than me. He's taller. He's actually put on some muscle. And he's larger than what he is in his picture. We pulled up in the parking lot in a minivan he's weeping and I'm sitting beside him and people are going in and out of the store you can imagine how I'm feeling <laughs> like worried about what these people my humanity was creeping in right but, but Mark began pouring out his heart to me Mark uh, he actually built the steps for us, for us and he saved my marriage The next day, I invited him over to help us set up a bouncy house for my child's birthday party. Man, we had 30-something kids coming over to the backyard. It was just going to be a crazy place. You ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? It was happening in my backyard. Set this bouncy house up, me and Mark. I asked Mark just to stay for the party. And I knew Mark less than 36 hours. He's hanging out at a birthday party with 30-something kids. And I don't know if they're getting on his nerves or he's enjoying it, right? But I could see him standing around after the party started and seeing all the the laughter and the good times that were being had. Now, I knew Mark's past life was rough. It was different than what mine was accustomed to, right? After the party, I shared with him about a man that God, that God had used to impact my life. And this man's name was Pete. Pete had recently passed away from pancreatic cancer. But while I was men's ministry director, before Pete passed away, I got his uh, video. I got a, a video of his testimony. And it's on YouTube. It's absolutely life-changing. I think it's 12 minutes, and God did something powerful in Pete's life. And I wanted to get it on tape, and he wanted to be a blessing. He's still blessing people today, Pete is. But anyway, I shared it with Mark that night. Now, let me tell you, in 36 hours, the trajectory of Mark's life was changing dramatically. 
Later that evening, I was putting stuff away, and Mark left. Uh, <clears throat> I left Mark on the deck. I walked around to the front of the house, and I just kind of knew that it that it was it was like God's time. You know, I'd done all I can do, witnessed all I could, just dropped nuggets, and it was up to God and Mark to work it out, whatever was going on. But Mark has told me this himself. When I walked around the front, Mark prayed a prayer. He stood on my deck and he began to pray. He asked the Lord, and he asked Pete. He was a new Christian. He asked Pete to help him too. But he asked God, God, what you did for Pete in his life, I want you to do for me. So sincere and humble. This was the week of uh, the 4th of July. We spent the 4th together, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, his family and mine in my driveway, the 4th of July. His sister, who led him in a prayer of repentance in my driveway, it was absolutely just an amazing moment. Fireworks going off. He's still just in a, just in another world, just thinking about whatever's going on. Just everything was changing, and you know we were having a good time with the fireworks going off, and and Lori just prayed with him right there. We all prayed, and uh, the following day, I met Mark at the church. Him and another friend, and I met, and uh, I gave them a Bible study. This is it. It worked up four days into this. I gave him a Bible study, Beyond Belief. If you haven't seen that Bible study, I encourage you to get it. As I began sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, Mark began crying. Tears just running down his face because God was changing him. God was doing something in his life. I spent a few hours with him on Friday and Saturday. And Sunday morning, I baptized Mark in the name of Jesus Christ. Now that first picture, I did take a picture of Mark that very first day because I knew God was all in this situation. Too many things were lining up. I just knew I was in the vein where God wanted me to be, right? This is, that was uh, the Sunday before when he worked on my stairs. This is the next Sunday, him getting baptized. Eight days of sharing my life with Mark. Was it an inconvenience? Absolutely. Every time I turned around, Mark was in the car with me. But I was having a good time. I knew I was doing exactly what God wanted me to do. And I would do it all over again. And that's what I'm trying to tell you, that we just got to spend our life with somebody and share the gospel with them. Amen? He got baptized, had all of his sins washed away. His parents who were divorced, Mark is actually, I believe he's 50 years old. Uh, so he's a few years older than I am. But his parents, they came to witness his baptism. They were just amazed at what God was doing in his life. I'm when they got the phone call, they couldn't believe what was happening. He's in church and getting baptized. But we're still praying for salvation for them. But there were 19 of us, so if you have that picture, that went and celebrated with Mark uh, that day after church. Amen. Yes, glory to God. We went and ate sushi at his favorite sushi buffet. And I'll tell you, me and my family do not eat sushi. But we went and celebrated with Mark because he wanted sushi, amen. <laughs> today, Mark, today, Mark is sitting on the front row at church. And he's probably got a guest with him. And more than likely, he's got his phone out and he's videoing the preacher. Right now, he's videoing the preacher because something, God is dropping something in his life and he wants to share it with somebody. Before he even leaves the church, he's texting this to somebody, I'm telling you. God has done something in Mark's life. Amen? Praise God. But here's the thing. This was, this was about five years ago, but today 
Mark has baptized countless people in the name of Jesus Christ. It's amazing what God will do, amen? What God wants to do with us when we share the good news, and we can do this. We can do this. We can be used by God when we share the gospel and our lives, amen? God bless you in Jesus' name, amen? Let's give him some praise right now. My goodness, if that don't fire you up, I don't know what to say to you, man, you got some things to work on, which we all do, but my goodness, uh, that's growing the body of Christ, amen, why don't we do something, I know this is strange, but I have a purpose for doing it, so y'all know me enough to know I'm a strange person, so uh, this won't surprise you too much, but why don't we, I know you just sit down, why don't you stand up, why don't we practice that? within the body just for a minute. Why don't you go tell somebody something encouraging. Go tell somebody, hey, not the person right beside you, the person that you hadn't talked to. Can you talk to the person right beside you? So go say something to somebody real quick. Yeah, take a minute. Don't y'all be sneaking out that back door now. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. My goodness. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? Practice some of that. My Uncle Paul's been preaching. My goodness. I'm t- it, it, I believe in God's... I just feel like God... It, we just have perfect example message of it. But the Holy Ghost wants to move as natural as that just was. You think you just walked to somebody for fun. But that desire was led by the Spirit that took you to that person to just say something to them. And that's the core of what Brother Paul was talking about is when the Spirit is living inside of you. See, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is not just when you get up and you speak in tongues. That's the evidence of you receiving the Holy Ghost. That's how we know you got the Holy Ghost. And I would highly encourage you to spend time speaking in tongues because it crucifies the flesh and there's things that you're speaking that you don't know you need to be speaking in the Holy Ghost. 
That's God's language. So you're taking care of business when you're speaking in tongues. That's why I encourage you to get lost in speaking in tongues, get drunk in the Holy Ghost every once in a while, and lose yourself because after all, we're on a daily mission to die to flesh daily. So if you have trouble getting lost in the Spirit, you're probably going to have trouble dying to your flesh every day. See the correlation there? But if you can get that spirit rolling and you're dying to your flesh every day, next thing you know, you're meeting a Mark in the gas station. You're meeting a Susie at the grocery store. You're meeting Bob at the restaurant. And it's just happening. How is this happening? Because you're being led by the Holy Ghost. What's different about you? What's so different about you? There's just something bubbling inside of me. And it's just the result of crucifying your flesh, saying, I'm going to push down my flesh a little bit. I'm listen to the voice of God and it's not always going to you know I've thought for years God I want to hear your voice I want to hear your voice and I still do I still pray and I still do hear the voice of God but what I've realized is what he really wants to do is change my appetite to where I just do what he wants me to do brother Mangan I uh I I read went through his tabernacle plan years ago um and I, in his praying through the tabernacle plan, he, he would pray, God, be my counselor, is one of the parts where he prayed in his daily prayer. He prays this every day, goes through the tabernacle plan every day. I don't know if he still does. This was probably five years ago, but um, I'm sure he does. So anyways, that was one of the things he prayed for, and he would say, God, literally, just Guide my appetite. Lord, when, the, when I get hungry, let it be where you want me to go eat to lead me to somebody that needs to hear from you. And that hit me this year, and I'm like, wow. Literally, your desires could become his desires and mesh with right where he wants you to be. You think you just got, if you'll die, if we can die to our flesh, if we can just get in where God is moving through us, just like Brother Paul, then when we get hungry for Mexican, like I am right now, <laughs> little enchilada sounding pretty good, some chips and salsa, take it up on tamales, amen, preaching now. Uh, so when, when I have that desire, though, when I walk into tamales, if I'll slow down and I'll think. It's crazy you said that, Uncle Paul, because I'm, I'm going through a book right now that is all about thinking. And if I'll think, so much of the time we go in, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm not bashing anybody. But I'll spend more time sitting there looking down at this screen than I will looking at my waitress or waiter. That's a problem. I'm calling myself out, but it's a problem. Because it's high time for the church to be alert. The Bible says that there's an adversary that is like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And so it's time that we have to be alert. Well, what does that mean that there's some, that there's just, I have to beware of addictions and beware of this. And no, sometimes you need to be aware of your surroundings. Because once you get into the body of Christ, our mission is to get others in the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And he, God is coming back for a bride. And we want, he wants everybody. If we're supposed to be like him, we should want everybody. So when we walk in somewhere, when I'm hungry for Mexican or whatever you may be hungry for, maybe your appetite's for pizza today, maybe there's somebody at the pizza joint that needs your help. 
You see that? We aren't all going to be led to tamales today. They couldn't hold us, right? So we split. We spread out. We go out to different areas. And as we go out, God goes with us. If we'll allow him. There's the key word right there. A little bit of choice goes with that. I want to take just a second and read a passage, a passage of scripture in Ephesians. And it's going to be Ephesians 10. I'm going to start there. We'll go for a minute. Um, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. I feel led today, kicked in this morning, to talk just for a second about walking in the Spirit. Because, church, I know you know this, but I'm here as a reminder. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about the flesh and blood. It's about spiritual wickedness in high places. It's about spiritual root systems that have been developed. And the way that you beat spiritual is with spiritual. We've got to get in tune deeper than just surface level. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit wants to operate as natural as we went through earlier. It wants to help us. It wants to to be our counselor every day. We must operate in the Holy Ghost. I I have this statement that I feel like God gives, gave me this morning, and I'll say it to you, and I hopefully we'll work through it to make sense, okay, if you don't get it. The Holy Spirit wants to operate greater than the algorithm on our devices. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but if you're on any source of social media, all you got to do is mention it. I hadn't seen a volleyball thing on my news feed in a year for sure, okay? You know what I woke up to this morning when I got on my Facebook? Volleyball videos. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I didn't type volleyball in my phone. It just was sitting in the gym all day yesterday. And you know what we did all day yesterday? Played volleyball. That's crazy, isn't it? And I know you've probably mentioned it to somebody. Boy, that's creepy. That's freaky, you know. And my wife, she got all caught up in it a while back. And uh, she shut off all her uh, um, listening settings on her phone. Her phone quit working the next week. (laughs) Cracked me up. I was laughing so hard because I told her, I was like, I'm not doing it to my phone. Like, it's kind of pointless, you know. Like, we're not, it's not going to do anything. But she tried it. And... It just makes me laugh, but as that hit me this morning, I was like, oh my goodness. The Holy Ghost wants to work that natural. It wants to be a part of our life. And that's how it works. Is what we are doing daily is what's going to show up in our life. What we are talking about daily 
is what's going to show up in the spirit realm. What we do the five days, six days before we go to church on Sunday will manifest itself on Sunday. If you're not feeling anything on Sunday, what are you doing the other six days of the week? Because you can't show up on Sunday. I mean, you can, but chances go down. You show up on Sunday after living a real carnal week all week when you're in the body of Christ. You get to church, you're like, what's wrong? What would you do the last six days? And it's not because... God's moving revolves around our perfection per se, but our obedience makes a big difference in the way the Spirit can move. It says obedience is greater than sacrifice is what the Word of God says. So when we get to know some things we should be doing and we don't do it, the Bible's got a lot to say about that. I'll never forget last year at this moment, Uncle Roger was standing right there, and Ogren asked him, Pastor Meyer asked him to stand up and say a word. He said, if the church did everything the church knows to do, we wouldn't have to have much preaching. There wouldn't, even be, wouldn't be much preaching left to do. And I was like, we know so much, but we don't act on so much of it. Church, and this is to me too. Don't think for once. It's to me. It's high time, church. We got to do it. We can't just listen to the message that was brought forth before me and not and, and leave and, and not change. We can't do it anymore. The world needs us. Our family needs us. There are lost souls that need us. We've got to get a heart, a burden that says, I can't go another day not doing what I know to do. God, I know you want me to pray in the mornings. God, I got to pray in the mornings. God, I want to hear the small voice that you ask. When you ask me to do something, God, I want to do it. We got to quit putting off the small voice. We got to quit putting off the small things because here's the problem. If you keep putting off the small things, you get a clogged pipe. If you don't take care, you know, I'm going to use this. I used this a long time ago when I came back from one of the camps I worked here in town. And I'll use it in my clothes. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready. got one more thing to say after this. But I said this a long time ago when I got back from camps. But I was working the camp. I was head dean. And um, I wasn't supposed to be head dean. I was supposed to just be a regular dean. Because I had no business wanting to be a head dean. Because they got to deal with everything. You're just a monitor if you're just a dean. You're, if you're a head dean or matron, then you got to deal with everything. Well, I heard a yell come from the restroom area. And this may be inappropriate for some, but I promise you it's going to make sense to every person in here if you're not too prideful to receive it, all right? So, here you go. I go in there, y'all. I open this stall door, and I'm going to tell you, there was just a fountain of not life going on in that toilet it was the most disgusting thing I have ever seen Uncle Jonathan it was nasty I was like that is disgusting I've seen a lot of nasty things but that right there someone needs to get in here and there's a bunch of kids ain't one of them going in there and I really don't want them to because I don't know they're going to make more of a mess with it because they don't even know what they're doing and I was like oh no so I had to fix it. Went in there with a the plunger, fixed it. More of the story is, if you don't flush it every time, things back up. Right? So what happens when you don't listen to the small voice? 
When God asks you, you know, hey, do this or lay this down or take a break off one meal today or take a break off your maybe social media and I'm not developing things for you. This is between you and God, but listen for those things where God speaks and you can just hear that thing like, man, I may have this, this thing may be taking a little bit too much priority in my life. I may need to set that down for a second because we don't really have idols that we worship now. But we do have idols definitely that we serve, which is worship. But we don't go before an idol and bow down to them. That's not so common now. It's still happening in a lot of places. But an idol is something you're devoting your time and your efforts into. And if you are giving things more time than you're giving God, what does that make that? Makes it a God. So, when God, when you hear that voice and it's asking you to do those things, that would be the voice of God. That would be the Holy Ghost trying to operate in your life. Saying, I'd like you to draw closer to me. I'd like us to have a little bit cleaner of a flow. So why don't you flush that toilet? Why don't you flush that out of the system for a day or two? Or maybe it's just a meal. So that we can have a little bit cleaner communication. So I can maybe get into your appetite a little bit and actually tell you what you're hungry for. So maybe I can get into your life a little bit and tell you, you know, what I need you to pray. Because so much of the time we enter the prayer room with our own intentions and our own really what we're going to pray. But see... God restricted himself when he designed prayer. He needs you. There are things that can only be done through prayer. Because that's the design that God set up. I need people to pray. And we can get into the spirit realm in our prayer rooms. We can start praying prayers for our family members, our friends. We can get into the Holy Ghost and pray in the Holy Ghost. And we start turning light switches on in people's life. You may never see it yourself, but it's happening. It's called faith. And it's the Holy Ghost turning on light switches in people's life. But we can't hear who to pray for who is hungry if we got clogged pipes. Clogged heart vessel, clogged veins don't develop a clean heart, do they? No, they don't. So we have a choice. We have a choice. Last night I was playing volleyball. It's my closing story. God getting told me to tell it a while ago. Wasn't planning on it. Last night I was playing volleyball. I'm 30 now. For you all that don't know, I know it's a crazy time. Um, I've played sports my whole life. Don't laugh at me, okay? I've never broke a bone. I've never even really truly sprained an ankle, apparently. I've always been able to get up and play it off. Walk it off, walk it off, which my dad didn't let me sit out. So, you know, Dad, he ain't going to let you sit down. Ah, walk it off, boy. He's listening. He's on here today. He knows I'm right. So I always got up and walked. Well, last night when we were playing volleyball, I came down. And when I went down, I never felt such a surge of pain go through 
a body part in my life. And some of y'all are laughing at me right now because y'all have been through so much worse. Be nice. Don't be rude. Calm down, okay? Um, so I'm, when I came down, I came down on somebody's foot. So my foot just flattened out. My ankle did. And I crumbled. I never crumbled. In fact, I screamed, and I don't think I ever screamed. That was quite weird for everyone and me. Um, but anyways, so I got up trying to walk it off, and I made it to the chair, and then I began to pass out. And thankfully, Frank, Galen, and Kylie, um, uh, they recovered me, and, you know, here I am. Uh, so I didn't die, thankfully. Woo! You know? Just kidding. Um, but... What happened is, I say all that to say this morning, Sister Meyer came in the living room, and I was all, I woke up this morning, and I was like barely, I mean, I couldn't put, I, I couldn't move it. Um, and uh, let me let me say this real quick. Okay, last night, it was kind of nice. Sister Abby, she's such an amazing wife all the time. Um, but last night, she was like, you know, you want me to get you a pillow to prop it up? You want me to get you some ice? And then she made me a cup of coffee, and I was like, Get used to this. I'm not gonna lie, I had that go through my mind. I was like, this is nice. This this I can this is nice. She bathed the kids by herself, laid them down to bed. I'm like sitting in the chair, watching YouTube. Don't judge me. You see me walking around, you think I was healed. I hadn't gotten there yet. Calm down. Uh and so this morning, Sister Meyer comes in there, she's like, I for I didn't even think about it last night. I had that anointing oil sitting up there and we didn't even pray over it. And I was like, well, let's go for it, you know? And so Dondi and Kali got down this morning and, and prayed for my ankle. You're not gonna believe, you're gonna have a hard time believing this. And I know it's just a sprained ankle to you. It's a big deal to me, okay? I felt immediate relief, Dondi. I didn't say anything right then. And here's why I'm sad to say that I didn't, and this is a confession on me. Sorry, this is confession. Confession's good, too. That's a good Bible thing, all right? I felt immediate relief, but I had to contemplate whether I was actually really ready to be done playing that card. That's honesty. That is brutal honesty. That hurts my pride to say that. But I'm focused on killing my pride this year. I'm determined that I will not be held back by my pride this year. I felt it immediately. I said, oh, but I got a free cup of coffee. I have to help with the kids. We got a bunch of luggage to load up today. Uh, you know? So, went to the prayer room, spent some time in prayer. I said, Caleb, you're filthy. You're so dirty for that. You could have proclaimed immediate healing, but you chose not to. You're a horrible person. God said it's okay. Just step into it now. Just go ahead and step into it now then. So if you saw me dancing over here, I had to work through. I, I was like, I don't want to because everyone's going to think that I faked it last night. I literally, I'm, I passed out. I'm like, I just, don't call me. I'm not an EMT, okay? Blood shows up, I go out. It just happens, okay? Apparently pain shows up, I go out too. So just don't call me in a time of need, okay? You need prayer, I'll be there with you. But if it's a real bad situation, I probably should pray at a distance. 
both of us. Otherwise, we'll both be passed out. Um, so uh, <laughs> I say all that to say, I, I literally had all that go through my mind. And I was like, man, that is a fight. And God showed me that you have the choice to receive my full healing or not. If you want to walk into it in faith, then you can still, you know, you're, I'm not, and I still have, I'm not going to say that like it's totally gone, but I mean, I couldn't put pressure on it this morning. I couldn't put pressure on it this morning. Hello. I'm just here to tell you, you have a choice. You can walk in the Holy Ghost. You can listen to the voice of God or you can have clogged pipes. And it's an everyday choice. It's an everyday choice. Could we stand together right now? The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. I I began to tear down strongholds in the spirit realm earlier, just praying, God, you know, I cast down fear and I tear down the imaginations and the the wickedness, Lord, and and the, the disappointment and depression and anxiety. I tear these things down. And I tell you like a wall I ran into. Caleb, you are so extreme. You are so extra. Why? I'm not a dramatic person. And so the enemy played that card on me. He said, you're being dramatic. It's just, it's just, you're, you're at church, you're speaking today. Back off, like, calm down. There's not probably spirits in this place. There's, everyone's fine. Everyone looks so good. We're having a phenomenal worship service. It's amazing. What are you over here tearing strongholds down for? Let me tell you why. Because they're real. And I speak it in faith right now, not to give it credit, but to say, I'm here to take it down. You're here to take it down. And as much as I want to do it for you, I can do a certain amount in the spirit realm. But it's your choice whether you're going to let the electricity flow through you or if you're going to have that clogged spot in the heart, in the vein system. that says, no, I kind of refuse to let that go. I kind of want to hang on to that a little bit. That's That's a pretty good little crutch for me to hang on to. I've been hurt before. I've been through this. I've been through this. I've been through that. And this, that's a reason for me not to have to walk in, not to have to do what, what God calls me to because I had to go through this. Mm. Can I just encourage you not to let the enemy play that card in your life today? Could I just, could I just encourage you to let some of the blood flow of Jesus push against that blood clot and wash that thing out your system. It is not God's will that anyone would be amputated. It's not God's will that anyone would lose circulation in the body of Christ. But yet, you have a responsibility to allow the blood flow to enter you as a part of the body of Christ so that you don't lose the blood flow. Jesus. 
I wish that we could just operate. You, you know what you need to do. I don't. I have no idea. But let me tell you something. There is nothing too crazy that God will ask you to do. It may sound crazy to your flesh, but that's why it's called crucifying the flesh. It wasn't easy for Jesus to climb onto that cross, and he was perfect. It's not always easy to pick up that cross that we're called to carry. It's not always easy to almost, you may look crazy if I go to the front. I may look crazy if I pray loud. I may look crazy if I kneel down or if I cry or if I shout, if I dance. But that's a crucifixion of the flesh. Could we operate in it right now? I know it's 1150. I'm totally aware of the time. Just give God a few minutes. If you need to go, I understand. But if I could say anything to you, I would highly encourage you. Allow the Spirit of God to move into this place like He's desiring to. Get to that place where your flesh and your pride and your your fears and your anxiety leave because the blood of Jesus begins to flow like a river through your veins. And you let go of that hurt. You let go of that pain. You let go of those things that you would hold on to. And you allow God to come in and give you something that you've been aching for, that you've been hurting for, and you've allowed the enemy to talk you out of it.
Thank you.